welcome to Tech Law Talks. I am Anthony Diana, a member of Reed Smith's Tech and Data Group. In each episode of this podcast, we will discuss cutting edge issues on technology, data, and the law. We will provide practical observations on a wide variety of technology and data topics to give you quick and actionable tips to address the issues you are dealing with every day. Welcome back. This is Reed Smith's Tech Law Talks. My name is Hallie Wimberly, and I am an associate in Reed Smith's Houston office in the Intellectual Property Group. And with me today is Christine Morgan. Christine, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So I am a partner in our San Francisco office focused primarily on patent litigation, but also complex commercial litigation. Great. So this, of course, this Tech Law Talks is called Patents in the Metaverse. Let's start with the basics. Chris, what is the metaverse? The metaverse is a very buzzy term at the moment. It has been around for a while, this concept of a metaverse. And I'll give some examples in a minute. But the the term as we're using it today was really coined in a novel by Neil Stevenson. The novel was called Snow Crash. And humans in that novel operated as programmable avatars. And they interacted with each other in a three-dimensional virtual space that they went to in order to escape a dreary totalitarian reality. But I would say today, most people think of the metaverse as a virtual world that a person can explore as an avatar, typically using virtual reality or augmented reality technology or devices, such as a video game. Others have called it, or the new iteration of it, Web 3.0, which targets bringing together the internet, crypto, art, social media, e-commerce, gaming, and more. Interesting. So you mentioned that the it was the term was coined back in what 1992 by a science fiction writer but is it was it a brand new concept at the time perhaps using an avatar in a virtual world was something new or or coming into prominence but the idea of virtual reality has been around for quite a while there was an a gentleman named Morton Heilig who created the first virtual reality machine in the mid-50s called the Sensorama machine. And it looked a bit like a box and you would you would put your face inside this box and you would experience a simulated riding of a motorcycle in Brooklyn. And it used 3D video, audio, even smells, and a vibrating chair to immerse the viewer. And I think he also patented the first head-mounted display in 1960, which combined stereoscopic 3D images with stereo sound. Another early example of virtual reality was the Aspen Movie Map, which was created by MIT in the 1970s. And I actually just watched a video of it earlier today. It looks like Street View, Google Street View, but as if you're in a car driving through the street view map. And it enabled users to take a computer-generated tour of the town of Aspen, Colorado. It's believed to have been the first time you could use virtual reality to transport someone to another place. And then one more more recent example that's still old by, you know, in the year 2022, but 
There's also Second Life, which many people know about. It was a 3D virtual world with user-generated content where the users could interact with each other in real time. It was released in 2003 by a company called Linden Labs and was originally called Linden World before it was publicly released. It had several regions. It had a currency called the Linden Dollar, a tax system, and it also spawned the first real-life millionaire based on virtual real estate. And so the concept of a metaverse has been around for a while. I would say Second Life is probably the first example of what we think of the metaverse as today, where people are using avatars to interact with each other in a virtual world. What are some of the major metaverse platforms currently? So there's two kinds of metaverse platforms, ones that are controlled by a central entity, so like a centralized metaverse platform such as Fortnite, Minecraft, and Roblox, which many people are familiar with. There are also decentralized metaverse platforms, and these are platforms that are built and established by communities like Decentraland, where you can buy virtual real estate, the Sandbox, and Somnium Space. And just to anticipate your next question, what's the difference between a centralized and decentralized platform? In the centralized platforms, there's a central corporation that controls the experience, the servers, and the assets. This centralized corporation also sets the rules and typically gets all the money. In the decentralized platforms, the users, namely the community, they create the experience and they own the assets. So, of course, that, that's some background information about the metaverse and how it originated and the current platforms that are popular. But we're talking about patents today. So I'd like to ask you a question, Hallie, which is what types of innovations coming out of the metaverse are being patented? Yeah, so looking into this for this podcast, I came across kind of two categories that jumped out as metaverse inventions that have been patented. The first being transporting a person into a virtual reality space. So an example of this, Facebook has a patent entitled wearable device with fiducial markers in virtual reality, which claims basically a user that wears a device positioned at several locations on their body and an imaging device that captures the movement of the devices on the user and then positions the user in the virtual space so that the user's movement in the real world can be translated to the virtual space. Disney has a, a patent that's somewhat similar called Virtual World Simulator. This one's more for transporting a real-world venue into the metaverse. So the, the patent claims are directed to mapping a real-world space and creating the geometry of it in a virtual replica space. So those two patents you know, relate to creating the virtual reality space and the people in it. There are also some patents around how you display certain things, certain whether they be NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens for purchase. And eBay has a patent on that 
for supporting consumer experience and shopping and browsing NFTs. Nike also has the same sort of patent granted there. So there are a lot. If you search for patents that, that have the word metaverse in them, there are thousands that come up. So this is something that people are, are definitely patenting metaverse inventions. So Chris, let me ask you, what are some of the opportunities and risks for patenting metaverse inventions? Well, the opportunities really depend on what kind of company is seeking the patent. Centralized platform owners obviously want to continue to innovate to draw users to the platform and therefore revenue. And there, there can be myriad types of inventions involved in a metaverse platform. You know, one example includes the mechanics of the platform. Sometimes the innovations involve software functionality that's not visible to the user. So a metaverse platform owner can, you know, or will want to protect any of its innovations related to the platform. There are other companies that that don't offer a metaverse platform that perhaps don't even offer any kind of product and may want to monetize a patent. And those those companies, you know, they their opportunity or their perceived opportunity is licensing revenue for the patent from anyone who purportedly is using it. So those are the opportunities. Really, it's it's protecting your IP and earning money off of it. But there's also risks. So metaverse focused patents are often software patents. And sometimes software patents are very broadly worded. The inventions of a patent are in numbered paragraphs at the end of the patent. And to describe software functionality in words is sometimes difficult to do in a way that is narrow and specific enough for that patent to withstand a challenge to its validity. So the risk to to folks that patent software-related innovations for the metaverse is that if they sought to enforce their patent at some point, they could face a challenge to the patent's validity. And we've seen a number of these kinds of patents either survive a challenge or or go down and be invalidated by a court. And the challenge that's typically made is that the patent is really just on an idea implemented on generic computers. And the Supreme Court held in 2014 in the Alice decision that you cannot obtain such patents because they're not eligible for patenting. You can't patent a basic idea implemented on a generic computer because that ties up innovation for everyone else. Well over a thousand patents have been invalidated under the Alice decision since it came down. And so, and among those patents that have been invalidated are metaverse focused patents. So that's definitely a risk to a patent owner who may seek to enforce a metaverse related patent. So elaborating a little bit on enforcement. So for metaverse patents and just other patents around, I mean, what can you enforce patent rights in a metaverse environment? And how would that work? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the notion of enforcement just really depends on the goal of the patent owner. A lot of times patent owners seek to monetize their patents by getting royalties. So they'll send a letter to someone they think is infringing their patent and they'll attempt to negotiate a royalty. Some patent owners are more aggressive than that and may seek to enforce their patent in court and they will file a lawsuit in federal court against whoever they think is infringing their patent. Again, the goal at the end of all of these these enforcement mechanisms is money, typically. There are enforcement mechanisms in the metaverse platforms that involve takedown procedures, and each platform has its own takedown procedures, and they vary. But they're not really well-suited for patent infringement claims because patent infringement claims often involve how the software of the platform works, It may even require an examination of platform software to understand whether or not the platform is infringing the patent. So it's unlike what we see typically in a takedown request where someone says, hey, you're using my trademark or, hey, you're using my song and you didn't get clearance for that. So the takedown procedures are not not really a fit for redressing alleged patent infringement. So I would say the takeaway here is the metaverse is continuing to evolve and we'll we'll continue to hear more about it. And with that, the nature of the inventions that people are attempting to patent related to the metaverse will continue to evolve. And so it's going to be an exciting time to watch the evolution of both the development of the metaverse and the development of patented inventions related to the metaverse. And I suspect that will continue for decades to come. Thanks for those insights, Chris. That concludes our Tech Law Talks. Thank you for listening. And we hope you come back next time. Tech Law Talks is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Allie McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's tech and data practice, please email techlawtalks at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and ReadSmith.com, and our social media accounts at ReadSmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.